listeners, and welcome to episode 52, um, which we are actually going to record tonight. We were going to record it last night, um, but there was a technical issue. Dan fell asleep. In as much as I fell asleep on the sofa. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm not asleep right now. Um, So, tonight, as ever, we will go on to the hobby desk. Um, Some hobby has been done, um, which is cool, so there's some stuff to talk about there. Um... Then into the galaxy of don't know what we're going to talk about there. <laughs> um, into the mortal realms, um, where I'm sure we'll cover off some. What's come out in the mortal realms? Ooh, big space lizards. So big space lizards to talk about. Um, into the community, which is our usual chance to chat about what awesome stuff we've seen out and about, and say thank you all to you all. And then um, into the the wilds of Middle Earth, which is kind of a crossover now between Into the Wilds and Middle Earth. So we tend to just talk about all of it, uh, whatever we fancy. Um, and usually there's some Lord of the Rings in there. Oh, and good evening, by the way, Ben. Yeah, nice to see you. Yeah, and you, dude. Cool. So without further ado, ado. That's right. Ado. Something. We shall go on to. The Hobby Desk. Hey, uh, hi guys, it's Ben, um, and we're on the Hobby Desk. Did you just try and steal my intro? I did not try and steal your yeah. intro. <laughs> I think you did. I could never, I could never adequately replicate your intro. I don't think. No, I hope you're not waiting for me to say, yeah, yeah, you could, because no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> so we actually have done a surprising amount of hobby, really. We have indeed. It's, I think, one of the benefits of um, of recording monthly, I, I suppose. But um, yeah, so we we are moving on to a monthly recording um, for the foreseeable future. Um, I hope you don't mind. We might fill the gap in the middle with something else, but we're not sure yet. Um, just because at the moment, uh, the pressures of everything is just getting a bit too much. And editing it, which is the, the, the difficult bit, takes too long to do it every other week. We still love you all just as much. Um, you're, you're just going to have to wait. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the hobby desk. What do you want to go first? Because yours is quite an achievement. I think yours is an achievement. Yeah. So basically, um, I've been reverse psychologyed into actually completing something um, quite mega. So uh, those of you that listened to episode fifty-one um, will have heard me say I was working. Gonna. I don't know if I had just started them. I can't remember. But anyway, I think I just started them. Forty-six chaos cultists in one batch, uh, and Ben pointed out that I. Well, I'm not a great fan of batch painting or not. It's not that I'm a great fan of it. I just am very unsuccessful at it. So I tend to start <laughs> and, and then it all goes a bit, bit wrong. So the last, my, my last attempt was Blood Reavers. Um, and the only thing that I did on the whole batch was undercoat them. <laughs> With a spray can. And then it went down, the batch went from, uh, well, it dropped by about 70% in size. Um, and then before I got to the end, that halved, what was left halved. So yeah, that didn't go so well. But, um, no, I've done it. I've painted 46 Chaos Cultists. Um, 
all finished. So they've gone with the other 34. So I've got 80 cultists now, uh, which looks surprisingly tiny. It doesn't look much, does it? When you put them all out <laughs> no, the doesn't. table, I was like, that's not 80. It, Surely that's not 80. It doesn't look like a lot at all. No, no. But um, I actually, I did have a moment in the middle there. So essentially what I did is I undercoated them all um, with the main colour, which was Steel Legion Drab. Um, and then I went and blocked in a lot of the other colours. Um, so when I got to blocking in the skin, which I actually blocked him with Grey Seer, because then I went back and used the um, contrast paints later, that stage I was a bit like, oh, no. <laughs> don't like this um but once i'd got past that and then i did something when once i put all the washes on i did all the basing um i didn't add the snow uh and the tufts but i i dry brushed all the bases up because it, it was kind of like a nice step to make them look like they were coming together uh and sometimes it's a bit of a well excuse the term a bit of a ball ache to get to the end and then have to go and do the base of all these mm. models so i did all the bases um and then i just went back through highlighting and actually you kind of forget how quick the project then goes once you've got the base coats and the washes on because yeah. it really is like it's like a slog getting all the base coats on and then you get the wash on you wait for it to dry but once you start highlighting because actually out of those 46 with the exception of the metal there were some that didn't have any of certain colors on so they didn't need any extra highlights and um you know and and simple things like only highlighting because i'm painting it for an army i was only highlighting sort of well for want of a better term exterior sur surfaces so like if you sat the model down on a table i would only highlight where you would actually see when it was sat on the table so like if you had a gun i wasn't going in on the legs and stuff particularly because there's no point, because unless you pick the miniature up and are looking at it, why bother? Um, and it's cultists, you know, it's just mass. Um, and overall, I'm really happy with them. They look cool. Um, I got some of the Apocalypse movement trays, because I hate moving them. I absolutely hate I'm, <laughs> I have played games where I've just left them there, even though I shouldn't, which says everything about my approach to tactical gameplay. And I'm like... I just can't be bothered to move them. <laughs> so yeah, stay in there because I just, I just can't do it. So yeah, I've got the movement trays for them. Um, I quite like those movement trays. They, they feel like they're quite expensive for what they are, but I haven't really compared them particularly with other things. Um, it's a difficult thing to compare to though, isn't it? Because. You know, I was having a, when you sold me the price, I thought, oh, that, that's what was it? They're pa basically a pound per tray, aren't they? Essentially. Well, a bit more than that, really. They're nearly a pound fifty a tray. But um, well, a lot of the other ones are, are solid colour. So either MDF or plastic or resin or something. There are, there's not many out there that are see through. And I think when you had them on the table. And the and the movement trays were see through. I th I thought that there was a, yeah, I liked that a lot more than I do with the MDF ones or or whatever. Yeah, and I think the key thing for me because originally I was going to paint the trays to match in with the army, but I no, chose not them. to 
because they are see-through, and yeah. I will be able to use them. Not that I have a, a plethora of other armies <laughs> that don't aren't based on snow, because I'm obsessed, but... Um, I decided to leave them, and it is my intention at the moment, even though these are they're just over £2 a tray for the 32 mil ones. Yeah. But I'm going to get some of them for the demons, because, again, I just don't want to be moving them all around. Now, it was quite nice to see you, as soon as you finished your cultist, just whip out your demons well yeah so <laughs> like and then it wasn't just the bloodthirst the blood letter you had the bloodthirst oh yeah out, i got totally and you're like oh away. and all these other ones are the same color so out come the flesh hounds and karanak and yeah <laughs> like everything that remotely had red on it was suddenly in this massive batch of demons <laughs> yeah, i know well the thing is while i was working on the cultists i was getting very very excited about war cry and my intention mm. was to work on the terrain straight after mm. um but when the cultists were coming to the end, I was looking at them and I was like, I was so pleased with the impact on my overall collection to go boom, you know, because in that one batch, I took my outstanding 40k chaos collection by, and if you were to break it down by how many individual miniatures I have left, yes, some of them are bigger than others. That was just a, such a huge chunk because. Yeah. Unlike yourself, yeah. uh, and we've discussed it loads of times, I've got rid of a lot of stuff over the years. So I don't, I still have a lot of models to paint, left to paint. Don't get me wrong. I could merrily go for a year without buying a, a single thing. No problem. But I don't have quite the same amount as you. So, you know, <laughs> I, um, I, I, there is a real possibility that if I can break the back of some of these larger chunks, I can be within spitting distance of, of getting, the models I own for those armies painted and and get to that real special place that probably hasn't been in existence since the first day I walked into a Games Workshop ever, where mm. I can go in and pick something off the shelf for my army and it's the thing I'm about to work on because I haven't got stuff at home to do. Um, I, um, I know the areas of my collection which give me stress. Mm. When it comes to bulk, I mean, a lot of my stuff that I have, it's just stuff that I refuse to throw away. Um, like I've got a whole box of Dark Eldar because um, my best mate in high school just gave them to me before he moved back to Canada. Um, will I ever paint them? I'm not sure. I might paint like the old Incubi because I really like them. Yeah. And I'm certainly painting a couple of squads because... Um, because I, I eventually want to have painted all of the starters kits, mm. as we've discussed. Um, and there's a couple of other like bulk ones, like the early, the earlier starters kits. So I think it's fourth edition fantasy with all the goblins and elves. Yeah. In. That, that's a lot of work and that'll take me a long time, but I really want to do it. And the second edition 40k box, which I've never fully painted. And it is a, it's a definite ambition of mine to do that. Um, I, I will probably want to kill something or myself or stab myself at least in the head once with a file. <laughs> Cle cleaning up 40, 40 Gretchen yeah. <laughs> you know? yes, and drilling will. the barrels in their auto guns. But uh, the, the other, the thing that really does affect my, I think you could almost call it my mental health with regards to the hobby is my massive Space Wolf collection because when I look at those orcs and when I look at my elder and all the other little bits I have, I, I can either choose to do them or not. 
in a sense. They're like, they're there if I want to do them. But the Space Wars have always been something that I wanted to do. And I cannot, I cannot just sort of rush them. I can't speed paint the Space Wolf. It, it, I can't do it. There's some pathological part of my mindset that won't let me do it. And I've got about 150 of them to paint. And if I broke the back of that Space Wolf collection, I'd be a very happy man. Oh, you've got to crack on. I know. It's lucky that a big box hasn't just been announced that's going to have more in them for you, isn't it? <laughs> <Your face. laughs> so, yeah, just to round out the bit on um, on what I've been doing. So now I am painting um, 30 Blood Letters, Skull Taker, a Blood Master, five Flesh Hounds, Karanak, and a Blood Thirster <laughs> in my next uh, batch. So I've done... I've pretty much finished all the airbrushing, which is mostly the skin. So I tend to... I'm going to try a little bit of dry brushing on the blood letters themselves. I'll try for a, a wetter brush. No, no. I, I've done it before. Mainly on the... So they've got some, like, raised... Yeah, knobbly bits. bits on their shoulders. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just go, I'll do a dry brush on there. But um, I painted all their swords in the dark metal yesterday just because i was i don't know what i was doing i was faffed around and i thought i'll quickly do that um but i'm gonna go in and block in a load of the colors now i've started on the bases the only thing with these is i need to what colors what surely this bone a bit of metal and red yeah mostly black there's black bone gold silver uh, Sounds like you're overcomplicating what is essentially a ginormous, great big red banana yeah. with horns. <laughs> yeah, that's very true, hasn't it? Bananas in pyjamas would have a totally different uh, take <laughs> on it if one of them come bursting out, wouldn't it? Like, Did you see that Toy Story meme? I don't know. With, with, with Woody. Uh, what's the name of the little boy um, in Toy Story who owns Woody and all that lot? I don't I've know. I've forgotten. Anyway, it, the the meme is there's um there's a picture of Woody looking terrified, and uh, it's, it's let's just call him Alan, and um it it says something like Woody was a bit concerned about the new toys that Alan had brought home from from uh, the shops, and it's a Death Guard army. <laughs> <laughs> That's so brilliant. Funny. No, I hadn't seen that. <laughs> it's really funny. So um, it's <laughs> good. <laughs> so you've mostly been constructing things. I have, yeah. So, um, I don't know why. I, I suppose it's because it was easier to get something out and build it when we moved than to get all my paints out and start painting. Um, but I kind of thought, I've got all this stuff. I've got so much stuff that needs constructing um, that I need to just sort of have at least built. Um, so I have some kind of handle on how much I need to do. Um that I, I just kind of start, sat down and started to do it. So um, I, the list is ridiculous. In fact, I might even, I, I might even just get out all of the um, all of the stuff that I've all of the construction manuals. So the the Sisters of Battle box set that's finished constructing. Aeronautica, the box set, did that one. Really loved those. They were fantastic. I saw um. I meant to send you a link, actually. Battle Foam 
do an insert for the the actual box. Yeah, yeah. For the contents of the box. I don't think that I'm going to get much more than I don't I don't think I, I'm not sure, maybe like another wing of Thunderbolt fighters or something. I yeah, I don't think I'm going to get excessive with Aeronautica. No, at this stage no. I'm actually thinking of treating it a bit more like a game collection, so looking at getting the next box set, which yeah. is the 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 guard and the towel and then and the book that goes with that, and then the next box set, and just get the box sets. Yeah, unless the aircraft that they release separately are super exciting. Yeah, yeah. The um, only problem with Battlefoam is the postage is just stupid. And I know, like, I work for postage, but it it's just silly. I think the foam itself was £12, but by the time you put VAT and postage on, it was £21. All right. Well, yeah, okay. Um. Well, yeah, so Aeronautica. Um, Canoness of Viridian got put together. The Red Gobbo, Sister Superior Amalia Novena, the Hospitaller, Ripper Snarlfangs, um, a pair of uh, Carastus Knights, the two new Black Library models. Um. And then, because of those, I went and got the Sisters of Silence and Custodies out of my um, Burning of Prospero set, put them together. Um, well, yeah, so the the Virilian, Valerian, which is a flower, as it turns out. Didn't know that. Um, Analea, put those together. Actually much happier with him in person than I was um, from the photographs. He looks a lot better in person, the model. Still think the head's a bit odd. Isn't Valerian? Isn't there a film a f- or a or a comic book series like The World of a Thousand Planets or something like that? I'm gonna look that up. No idea. Um, then I moved on to my Space Wolves, so I've put together the second half of my Reaver box, and I've got all ten Reavers constructed. Um, and then the whole of Shadow Spear, which I'll talk about separately, uh, and then my aggressors. Oh, and Gotrek Gurnison. So <laughs> I've put together a fair bit. Um, and it's been really good fun. Really good fun, actually. Um, I've got some green stuff out and been green stuffing for the first time in a long time, which um, I'm not that great with green stuff. And I, I know a few tips and tricks. Um, I can do the old pouch, bit of fur on a space wolf. But I thought I'd try something different because in the Shadow Spear box set, I wanted to, I wanted to convert the characters to look more space wolfy. So, um, I got the head that you gave me from um, the screaming shouty guy with the spear, <laughs> aspiring uh, 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 exalted champion with impaling spear. Yeah, him. Um, the helmet, the helmetless version, has got loads of flowing hair, and actually, if you cut the little chaos symbols out of his beard. <clears throat> he looks really good as like a space wolf. Um, and then um, that was quite fun because I had to sculpt like individual sort of hair. Yeah, bits. I saw you that. Yeah. To, to sort of fill the gaps. So that was quite, that was actually quite challenging. Um, and a cord, added a cord around his neck, did a few, few little bits like that. And I was really, really happy with how he came out. Um, and then I did um, the captain, which was more of a kit bash because I had, 
I did things like cut the bionic eye off of the original captain head, head and put it onto a space wolf head, um, which was really fiddly. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and there was ridiculous. a lot of there was a lot of swearing, <laughs> but, but it worked, um, and I'm really happy with the outcome of that. Um, the only thing I suppose I'm not happy with is I didn't want to have him pointing. I wanted to make him a little bit more aggressive, so I gave him like. Um, uh, an axe, and I'm I'm a bit concerned. Maybe the axe closed his body off a little bit too much. But I think what I'll do is when I come to paint him, I'll make the axe like a, like a feature. Mm. You know, so it's actually worth being there. So, like a bit more like um, Logan Grimnar style axe, where the axe is quite you know striking and different. Um, so I'll, I'll do that with him. Uh, and then finally, the, the the chappy who has the medical kit in the um, Phobos armor, I, I was sat thinking when I was putting it together, and I thought, well, the space walls, the space walls are different when it comes to this kind of stuff. They don't have apothecaries and um, chaplains; they, they're both the same thing. And so. I figured what I would do is make him like a trainee wolf priest, so someone who's been marked out in the early stages of training um, in his service to sort of to start walking that path. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I gave him a wolf helm, um, and that took a couple of goes. I, I knew it was going to be challenging, and I, I copied um, Darren Nathan's um, Oric the Slayer helmet, or not copied, I, I used that as inspiration, but with that helmet, it's quite, it's quite a lot forward. It's quite mm. drawn out, um, and it that wouldn't have fitted on the the reaver. So I tried to shorten it a bit, and it ended up. I think one of the comments was bang on. It looked more like an ape hel- skull than it did, uh, or a dragon skull than it did a, a space wolf, a, a wolf skull. So then I thought, well, let's look at more simplistic helmets and try and copy those. So I went to the um, Deathsworn for the. Is it the Deathsworn? Basically, the cult of Morkai models from 30k for Space Wars. And oh, yeah. Looked at their more simplified helmets and went with that kind of style. And I'm, I'm really happy with the outcome now. But then, because I was getting so cross with it, I ended up Google searching for Space Wolf, Wolf Skull helmets and found that Zinj Industries, which I've always been a fan of, I think their stuff is really good, um, had... Uh, five space space skull skull helms for for two pound fifty, and I thought, well, that's that's insane. The problem is with a lot of these companies is the pictures are often really poor, mm. and I was looking at them and they were grainy, and I was like, oh, I don't know, are they any good? They look all right, so, but then for two pound fifty, I thought I'd give it a punt. Um, so I ordered twenty because it was a tenner, and I'm I'm really happy with them actually. You know, at this stage, I'm wishing I hadn't done my reavers. Um, and I could put wolf skulls on my reavers, but I'm almost tempted to get another box of reavers to do a box of wolf skull reavers. Yeah, well, I still think my um, idea that you should just use them on the basis of the chaos models from Shadow Spear is a much better idea. Uh-huh. But they will, yeah. they will look ace. Mm. They will look ace, to be fair. My problem is that I still see wolf skulls as very much a thing for wolf priests. Yeah. Um. But I've got two conversions to do that I haven't got the models for yet, which is the the Chaplin Primaris and the Apothecary Primaris. Um, unfortunately, I'm probably going to have to buy two of each, if you know what I mean. Oh, what a shame! So I can so I can add the add the 
chaplain bits on the apothecary and the apothecary bits on the chaplain to make two different wolf priests. Um, and then I'll give them both skull helms um, then um, with maybe a bit of like extra tweaking done on them. But yeah, that, that would be my plan. Um, so, so that's what I've been up to. When, when are you, um, you going to paint something there? Well, I've got in my head, um, I don't know whether I'm going to put together the chaos side of Shadow Spear, but I I certainly wanted to do, um, put together the the Night Haunt that I've got ready to go, um, and the um, Stormcast that I've got ready to go, and clean up the fifth the fourth fifth edition goblins from fantasy i bump i found oh and and my battle sister squad and once i've done that i think then i'm gonna start hitting it hard Mm. um because that's actually what i'd like to get done this year realistically i know it's a lot and we're already three months in but if i can you know if i can break the back of what i'll do is um, i'm in absolutely dedicated now to writing the plan that I did two years ago where I had it all mapped out on Google, what I was going to do every week and I stuck to it and I got to the end of the year and I'd done like nearly 350 models or something ridiculous um, and I'd like to do that again because last year was nowhere near as productive No, but then you had um, to stop right at the end, like about three months from the end, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I have, I did find a good way to get um if you do decide to build the stuff from Shadow Spear, a good way to get the Venom Crawler done really fast, you have to take it and put it in a box and send it to me. Um, <laughs> because I want a third one. <laughs> and that will sort it out real fast. I promise. I've been um, I've been looking at a fast way to do the, the Chaos stuff. Um, and also just... A few of the other things as well, like maybe my 40k orcs, um, which I'm now going to have to have Gaskell Thracker because it comes in the box set with yeah. Ragnar. Yeah. No, no reason I can't. No way I can avoid that, really. Now. No, there isn't. There um, absolutely is no. not. Um, I've heard rumours about people selling the broken down bits on eBay, but I just think that's lies and yeah, well, it's, lots of fake news. It's just hideous... Uh hideous darkness misinformation yeah, misinformation spreading of misinformation <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um i've been looking around at um two two styles of painting that i'm really interested in so grim dark um and reductive painting so um i saw a couple of things about this a, a little while ago and i actually tried reductive painting on um my blood warriors and they came out really quickly um, so I was thinking of trying very, something very similar for all, all of my 40k chaos and and um, other armies as well because it's and in some ways actually the um, my night are painted in a reductive style. So effectively, what I mean by that is you start with a very bright color and then you don't ever highlight. You, you wash back continuously um, and shade back into the darkness. Um, and occasionally you pick out some areas with different colours. So in the case of my Nighthorn, they were all base-coated with black and then zenithed up with grey to white, and then the washes and glazes down on the on the cloaks 
but also picked out the metal and a few other bits and painted them slightly, you know, with the same washes all of the, uh, all at the same time. Um, it's a really fast way of painting. Um, and if you use washes and inks that you can remove using f- some media or another, either, either pro- isopropyl or, um, mineral or mineral, mineral spirits like, um, white spirits <clears throat> for an oil paints that kind of stuff you can actually do it really quickly um and i've been looking around at a lot of that kind of stuff to find a faster way of doing it and actually re- realize that a lot of the ak products that i have a lot of people are using to to do that kind of stuff with mm-hmm. um so that was quite exciting actually because i feel like i've opened a whole door into a, an area of the hobby that i've not really looked at or you know tried i've sort of half tried by accident but um never really tried um for example with my blood warriors that they were painted in a, in um gold dry brushed up and then all of the red was done by successive washes and glazes um uh, and then the only thing that i picked out and did differently was the skin mm. uh, the metal was done before i started doing the washes and glazes so i was really happy with how quickly they came out i mean i did the whole squad in less than a week if maybe even less than that um and that included the ones from the original box set um and the um and the shadow the the underworld's box mm. got something reavers garrick's reavers not garrick's reavers the other one with the flesh hand maggles fiends Ma- maggles fiends yeah see it's just so many names man i can't remember them no. um you seem to be able to recall them instantly which is why we make a good team Excellent. I just sort of say that thing and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, and sometimes I'm even awake. <laughs> so I'm I'm actually and, and I'm actually really excited about doing that kind of stuff. And with, with the Black Legion, with the Chaos, I was actually th- I was really thinking about doing the Grim Dark Blunt Jitsu kind of style on them. So keeping the colour palette really minimal, um, keeping them very muted and drab and dark and dingy and horrible. Because I think even Black Legion with their shiny gold bits would look grim as hell. Oh, so, yeah. Um, and it means that what I want to do as an army is to do them as Black Legion so that I can unify all my chaos under one force and not have to fanny around with um, various different, working out various different colour schemes. So um, I, I was going to do things like the Death Guard, starting with something like. Um, Nurgle Flesh or uh, Nurgling Green, sorry, or Death Guard Green, and then wash them back so much that it looks black. So there's still a kind of hint of green in there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just sort of spitballing, but um, that was the plan. Cool, good stuff. Um, resource for that that I found that I'm very quite impressed with. Who's done sort of some basic videos on. Grimdark Painting in Inverted Commas. It's called the Grimdark Compendium. He's got a website with loads of tutorials on, and he's just started a free series of kind of the basics of how he does stuff, and picked up a few things from there that I'm quite keen on trying. So if you haven't had a look at that, it's worth popping onto YouTube and having a watch, because it's an interesting way of going about things. And if nothing else, it's exactly how I'm always going to do the rest of my scenery ever. Well, that's good to know. Well, 40k scenery at least. So there we go. That's been my hobby desk for the last month. Exciting. Well, we've got another month now, so hopefully I might finish all these demons. 
And uh, what? Go. What were you going to say? I was going to say one thing. I absolutely definitely want to go before we next finish is to finish those bloody hard boys that I started before Christmas. Mm. All I have to do is the metal and leather on that, and I'm done. Um, but I made a big mistake. I based them to go to Warhammer World, and now in my head they're finished. <laughs> yes, that is unwise. <laughs> right, shall we make our way into the Galaxy of War? Oh. <laughs> Welcome, listeners, to the grim darkness of, well, 2020, the way things are going at the moment, but uh, (laughs) we'll we'll skip over that and look forward to a a darker future, maybe. Right, anyway, back to Wargaming. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, Mr. Hall, I believe a miniature has been released, well, gone on to pre-order that you may be somewhat excited about. Well, Gaskell Thracker. Yeah. No, Makari. Oh, I mean, it's Grot Friend. Dude, they released Ragnar Blackmane. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Look at that man. smile. I'm so excited. Happy? It's, I'm, yes, absolutely happy. Yeah. Wonderful. I think Darren Latham and Jess have done such a fantastic job of it. It's everything I hope for. It's so dynamic. This is oh, so much motion and so much power and presence in him, and his face is just—it looks exactly like Ragnar Blackmane. Yeah, like, as soon I as know. You see it's it, brilliant. I, mean, I love how they do that when you, you just look at his face and it's like that, that could be no one. If you just had the face and said, "Who's this?" Instantly, without the hair, without the model, yeah, it's Ragnar Blackmane. Um, I—I <laughs> uh, I don't know whether he comes with a pistol for his the alternative sort of pistol for his left hand. Um, you know, in the kit, we're interested mm. to see that. Um, but otherwise, I'm probably going to get three, and I'm not right, okay. I'm not really over exaggerating that either. So, um, I'll probably get one to do up in sort of gaming standard. I'm looking forward to this, by the way. I'm looking forward to this explanation. Um, and I'll probably get one to um, harvest bits out of to to do oh, a yes. conversion with Chrom Dragon Grace, Dragon yeah. Gaze, to make a sort of power armor version because the idea of my space wolf army is it's it's Ragnar's company through the ages so I've got a um Beric Thunderfist conversion done um and I've got um I want Ragnar in power armor and then I have you know Ragnar as a primaris so that I yep. can do and I've got his you know because I always I kind of thought well he wouldn't have that many Wolfguard, but they're like, yeah, of course he will, because they'll be from different po- times in his sort of his yeah, company's yeah. life. Absolutely. So it'd be choose. So I'm going for Ragnar's company through the ages. Um, that was always the kind of background for it. But um, yeah, and then the third one, I'm gonna I'm gonna labour like, like paint as best as I possibly can and keep it as like a display piece. Um, yeah, I'll probably do them in like a nice scenic base or something. Um, That's actually a very reasonable explanation of needing three. I know. Right? Yeah. I yeah. I thought so. So the f- <laughs> the first one um will be the one I get in the box set will be done to just go in the army. So 
Yeah. Um, I can get them all the time. I've already got a Ragnar Primaris conversion, but it pales. <laughs> I do. It's interesting you say that because I, I, I mean, I still think yours is very nice. Yeah, I suppose that I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it because it took me a long time. There's some things I'm really gutted I didn't do. Like I chose to base him on the free Primaris model that you got from you get for painting in the shops. So I could have chosen a much more dynamic set of legs and mm. body to base him on, and I think he would have looked a lot better. Um, but I didn't have enough Primaris to do that with at the time. No. Um, so I'm a bit disappointed that I made that decision. Um, but it's done now, and there's loads about it that I learnt loads. I enjoyed doing it, um, and I'm still very happy with it. But it, like, yeah, it's not. It's not the new it, one. It is lovely, isn't it? So um, that's coming along with Saga of the Beast, which um, I called that. It, I said it was going to be a box yeah. set about four. four well, yeah, you did. Yeah. What's the box set called? It's uh, it's, it's like Prophecy of the Wolf or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's quite interesting. Um, well, but the whole Saga thing the was based on the prophecy. Book. So the, the the whole the whole kind of situation came about because the the room priest of the chapter kept having this repeated vision of a beast being um, sort of bared down by a by a black maned wolf. Um, yeah, well, that's that story, isn't it? Yeah, which I love that. So the way the Grimnar's like, we better find Ragnar. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you better find out, out where doing, the black man is. Out there doing <laughs> something, you know, just cracking on with life. Um, yeah. But it, I, I said this to you the other day when we were talking about it, is that one of the things I always get across from the Space Wolves, and I don't think it is limited to the Space Wolves, but it somehow seems to come across more from them, is how spread out the chapter is at any given time. They cover like a massive, massive area. Yeah. And I wonder if it's maybe a little bit, more associated with the first founding and second founding chapters. There's really ancient chapters that cover such, you know, a massive area of space and have made promises yeah. to look after hundreds of systems. Whereas, like more modern chapters, are are kind of told this is your system and you will yeah. defend this system, and you know this this is your kind of life's ambition. Like the spears of the emperor um, and the lions and the scorpions, you know, they were the. You, you'll remember the name of this. The the Astartes, Adeptus Valari. Adeptus Valari. They, their job was to defend the Valari system, um, that region of space. And I'm sure there's plenty of other chapters whose job it is to maybe even just defend a planet from continuous attack of something, such as Cadia or whatever. Although the Cadia never had a space marine chapter, which I always found interesting. Um. Not that I was aware of, anyway. But it, I always find with the space wolves, it gives that, that worked out well for them, didn't it? See, with the space wolves, it, it, it <laughs> you feel like they're spread out over such massive distances all the time. So, Gazgul, then, <laughs> yeah, he's lovely. Yeah, it's wonderful. And and the trouble with Gazgul though is it makes me. It casts my mind back to when they did the Armageddon worldwide campaign. And I was thinking today, oh, now I want the Steel Legion army <clears throat> and all that stuff. Because I just remember the battle report on the massive table where they had the Steel Legion, 
the salamanders and the blood angels fighting like a massive orc horde. Yeah. And then loads of other battles going on around it. And yeah, I, I think, I think he looks superb. Um, I've had a look at his rules and he sounds pretty nails. Um, although weirdly, and, and this may have been intentional, but, or it may get FAQ'd, or I might be missing something, which is possible because I don't play loads of 40k. Um, but because he's got more than 10 wounds, he's not, He's not protected from the character rule thing. Yeah. Um, so they've wound capped him at four, four wounds per phase. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I still think... Well, I'll be interested. Maybe not. I'll be interested to see how he survives to get into combat in a game which is so replete with guns and he's not super fast. No. But I suppose he can teleport in, so... Yeah, I that's mean... That's pretty cool. I, I think he will... I think you'd struggle to kill him in more in one turn. I think I'd be very surprised. Well, you but, can't, can you? Well, how many wins has he got? Twelve. You could. Well, I thought you just said he can only take four wounds a phase. per phase. Yeah. Oh, in a phase. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. So you could do four wounds of shooting, four wounds of psychic psychic attack, and then nail him with four wounds in hand to hand combat. But you, you'd you'd be really pushing that. Would, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that would that would <laughs> I'm sure it's <laughs> that would be epic. Phase. Yeah. I think you might be right. Uh, I'm gonna agree that you are right. Because to be honest, it's quicker than just looking it up. <laughs> I mean I can't um, I, I can't see anyone pulling that off, mind. No. But I mean, I like that because it He's meant to be the toughest orc in the galaxy, and he is the toughest orc on the table now, without any shadow of a doubt. Yeah. So, other than Gaskell, you're supposed to be the filler when I'm looking these things up. I'm going to let let the silence lie so everyone knows how distractible you are. I'm not distractible, Ben. I'm trying to find the appropriate content (laughs) while you just go, no, 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 no. I almost know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and all I can find, all I can find is a picture of Rogel Dawn surrounded by toilet rolls. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's prepared for the siege. Oh, oh my goodness. Father, you are asking whether or not these rolls of parchment serve a function in fortifying the Imperial Palace. Toilet paper does not constitute a functional replacement for adamantine panels, father. Perturabo already attempted this. He failed. No, I have acquired a great quantity of these sanitary products in case Mortarian's latest need should disable all commerce in the segmentum. In, in that case, we shall be sufficiently stockpiled for a total of three days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Right, anyway, that's not helped find anything to do with Gasgall. So Gasgall's are as nails. Let's just go with that. Yeah. Um... Yeah. The box has well, quite did... nice little content as well, actually. Um, I think if they put it as they have done before, about a hundred quid, you get quite a lot of your money there. Yeah, yeah. There's lots in there, isn't there? Um, you get you get a whole squad of the what are they called? Infiltrated dudes. Yeah, but that's actually the multi-part kit, so you can make them as one of two different sorts of unit. Um, but there's the Phobos armor marines. Um, yeah, and then I think you get five five knobs and five knobs in mega armor as well. 
Yeah. Um, Gaskell could easily be a 50 quid model. It's huge. Easily. So, and Ragnar was 22 quid minimum, 20, 25 quid more likely. So, 75 quid's worth of characters off the bat. It's a shame I'm going to have to buy this Saga of the Beast with a space wolf on the front. Oh, disgusting. Oh, well. I've got to get it. So, more importantly, though, the next one, Engine War, they've done the first story for. Yeah. I haven't read it Which yet. is exciting. No, I've not read that one yet. Um, but I like that it's called Engine War. What's it going to be about? Presumably, it's where we're going to see... Well, it's Mechanicum, so... I think a lot of the stuff we've seen for Mechanicus is is likely to be involved with it because we've seen like all the the, the horsemen and the yeah, yeah, yeah. flying yeah. dudes and the flyer and all sorts of gubbins that hasn't actually come out yet. I'd almost forgotten about them. Yeah, no, almost. me too. Um, so that's quite exciting that that's on the way. Have you seen that the Escher? have decided to take bow and arrows into the underhive. I love it. I, I do. Love it. So it reminds me of Rambo. It does. I I mean there's been so many releases this last couple of this last couple of weeks. It's, it's almost impossible to remember them all, but yeah, there's been a big Necromunda drop. Um kind of most of I think if not all of the previews for um the you know the the next book which will be the Escher book um have come out in it um and the Escher book is going to be called the house of blades quite fittingly so in that you've got some really weird looking ladies called the death maidens which have been returned to life through vile science which is a bit chaos (laughs) but they don't yeah yeah it is it is is a bit weird they don't look particularly happy um to be alive quite blue skin but but then you've got these hunters who are just phenomenal um yeah. so like ones with uh whips and then the bow and arrow ones and the bow and arrows have got poisoned bows by the look of it because their arrows have got green tips um yeah. and then alongside those you've got the uh the cat-like things the felly something felinix yeah they're a bit strange looking i'm not <laughs> sure about them but I like them. I like yeah. them because they are strange looking. That's exactly the reason why I like oh, them. Because yeah. <laughs> I think um, things in, in 40k should look a bit odd. Um, so yeah, no, they're quite exciting. They've also released alongside it a few other like odd things, like um, the guy, the, the chef. Yeah, the, well, the, that's a slopper. That's like a that's a thing out of the campaigns. Yeah, so the halfling slopper, which is is quite cool. Um, yeah. And oh, there was there something else in that release? I think there was. Give me a second to. Yeah, there was the. Um, we also got to see some corridor, a corridor model. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, he with looks a heavy stubber. He's looks... like a ratus, ratus tater skin. Yeah. Nice. Um, it's a bit odd. I. I don't know, maybe I'm... I suppose it's good that they're just grabbing the excitement when it comes. I just find it a bit odd that they're bringing out new models, such as this guy, when we don't have, like, the Stig Shambler yet from one of the books that's been out a little while now. Hmm. 
That's, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have an answer to that. But we are getting an enforcer oh. with a techno dog. I, I absolutely love that model. That well, she's she's um she's a headhunter, really. She you know she's a uh, inquisitory kind of investigator, and um, oh, I love the fact that she's got a light. I know that's, yeah. that might sound really weird, like of a thing to love, but she just looks like she's sort of snooping around and having a look for stuff, and and um, I kind of love the idea of there being like investigators crawling their way through the underhive looking for things and trying to maintain law and order in as best as a way as possible, but you know, clearly failing miserably. <laughs> But no, it's really made me want to do because um, I've got a box of them, the enforcers, and it's made me want to get a box of the shield ones yeah. and then get her because yeah, and do a precinct. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I've been looking at my Bastion kit that I've kind of oh yeah assembled and and thinking I might get a new Bastion kit and a, a couple of bits of the new scenery and make a proper like precinct with that would uh, be great like a chain link fence and oh i just i could get really i could do my whole life of hobby on necromunda and, and never oh yeah but that is i mean that's true of a lot of the games at the moment it's crazy um talking of which have you seen or you must have seen the knight serastus the the new knights for a Titanicus. Yep, along with a, a new book to go with them coming out, the Defensive yeah. Riser. So, um, I absolutely love the twin linked Gatling thingy, the, the Castigators, yeah. aren't they? Um, the Acheron and Castigators. Um, I just love that style of knights. They've got a kind of almost stalking appearance to them, like mm. more regal. They like, they stride through the battle, like just sort of picking on, yeah. picking on things in a kind of while the other knights deal with the riffraff. <laughs> like, Tom, um, Tom's got one in forty k. Has he the one with the uh, with the assault cannon and the shield? Yeah, yeah. The rap, r- rapid fire gun and the shield. Yeah, he's got one of those. Um, and they do. They look at ace. But yeah, those knights look good. And um, like you say, riser. So that's another book to be bought to go on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. I was I'm. I picked up the last one and got really, really excited because it had, and I didn't realise this. And of course, it's it's not really the full contents of a book aren't really announced, but um, it had House Orlock in it, which is my night house. So I was really, oh. really happy with that. Um, but <laughs> very frustratingly, they've put and I just grabbed because oh, let's grab those over. A chap on Instagram called Christian got in contact with me and said, oh, I've got a spare um, a store and transfer sheet. And um, if you want to buy it off of me, which I, I did, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do that. He gave it to me at cost, so absolute superstar. Um, and, and on that sheet, it says that the associated night house is House Terran. Legio Storum, so um, that kind of 
wish they'd have told me that earlier. <laughs> but I, I can. What I've decided is I'll probably. I quite like the idea of having a couple of different night houses anyway. Yes. Because um, I figured that, that would happen. So, got they've got those to use now. My storms. St- of course, now I've got a whole sheet of a storm transfers. I need to find models to put them on. I'm sure you will. <laughs> Sure you will. That's not going to be the problem, is it? Well, maybe. You, you this haven't year, got right? one of those. What are those? The Titans called? You haven't got one of them yet. Warmongers. No, I'm. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to find room this year to do a couple of Titans, but I'm, I'll certainly do them at some point next year and, and do them as a batch, like I did the last lot. Um, yeah. That. Well, yeah. You certainly knocked them out with them, didn't you? Well, I think. You know, when you sat down with an airbrush and you got you got it all set up, you can do all the panels at once and all the dry brushing at once and all of the stuff. It made it a lot easier. And I was really, really surprised. Re- I mean, like, really surprised how long a Warlord took. Hmm. Um, it was not a short project, really. No. Um, but, yeah. Cool. Have we missed anything for 40k? Probably, but those are the things that excite me most. Yeah, right yeah. now. So, um, I think to be honest, I'm more excited about what's in the mortal realms. So, I think we shall head into the land more of pointy exciting. elves. Oh, elves of Ragnar. Which is more exciting? I don't know if I can realistically make that decision without having an existential crisis. No. <laughs> Well, while you have your existential crisis, I think that the listeners probably by about now should grab some caffeine-based refreshment to get through the next section. Um, And I may well do the same. (laughs) So uh, with that in mind, we shall see you in the Mortal Realms. Welcome to the Mortal Realms, everyone, where we're going to talk about elves. Lots of different sorts of elves. And a few lizards. Pointy elves! Pointy elves. Elves ah. with bows! Yeah, elves with bows. And a, and a kind of wizard. A sort wizard. Floaty wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. So, the exciting that rock. release of the... Um, well, Lumineth. it's not really a release yet, is it? It's well, an announcement, like preview, preview pictures of the Lumineth Realm Lords uh, is out, and <clears throat> I have to say, um, not as excited about this round as the last one. I am. Um, you are. Yeah. I um I think <laughs> I think the bowmen weren't quite. Weren't quite as good as the spearmen. The spearmen were—I really thought the spearmen were superb. Um, it's hard to make bowmen look, especially regimental bowmen. You know, I think because I had such a bow-focused army for fantasy battles that to see elven bowmen again, I was like, oh. And they are. I do laugh. I do love this, by the way. I, I, I'm sarcastic about it out of love, but I like the idea that 
you know, in the mortal realm, in the in the Warhammer world, we had bows with one string, but the mortal realms is uber, so we got to have bows with three strings in the mortal realms because the mortal realms and everything is taken to the max. Only the three top. bow strings. It's an interesting bow design. I could be quite a quite key. I know a few bow makers. I, I almost messaged them and said, "Could you make one and see what whether it would work?" <laughs> Um, cause it's quite what I really want, though, is the two crossed over. I don't think we'll see it, but if you had spearmen with bows, because then you they they would be just like Lother and Seaguard, and I could just get loads of them and yeah, yeah. complain at Dan for having too many bowmen and then outbow him. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. I think the con- conceptually having those three bow bow strings at the top is to provide the same amount uh, or a power through the whole flexion. So when a when a longbow is drawn, the power is at the end of the draw. So and it gets slower as it comes out. Don't you dare reach for a book. <laughs> I will drive up to Bristol and slap you. But I have thought about this and that's what I think it is about. So when you use like a modern bow, the way it's designed is that it, it produces power all the way through the you know the output. Um, because of the way the pulley system works. But having those three slightly shorter things at the top, I think is a way of, theoretical way of providing power all the way through the release. So they should be more powerful bows. Um, I I think what it will do is give them minus one rend, I expect. Yeah, in the rules. Um, A lot of people have said that they're all the same pose and they're a bit confused by that, but I actually think that's really cool because I think what they are supposed to be is regimented bowmen, calmly yeah, going I about their business. I initially felt that way. Um, not that I might, like I loved all the poses, but yes, they are. They are the regimented bowmen, as opposed to um, something like Shadow Warriors, who are like a, a skirmish formation of yeah. bowmen who would be in different poses, yeah. um, or the Namati Reavers, who who again are a, a more skirmishy, quick moving. These are like we are going to shoot you dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's so dead. I'm, right. I'm expecting them to have quite a long range to go mm. with that kind of because you don't want to be moving them around the battlefield too much. No. Um, um, so, there's a floaty mage. Yes, and it has one of the design features that I wasn't particularly all that fond of on Teclas. We recreated it on the mage, which is the big horny helmets, like really massive. Not really sure about them, but to be honest, it's an easy thing to sort out if you don't like. It's also very practical if caught out in the rain because they can put all their raincoats and just hang them up to dry off on them. <laughs> Like a big drying rack. Yeah. Yeah. Very useful for that. What I do like is that he or she... Do you know why it's like that? you know why they're big horns like that? No. Well, it's because it all comes from the the half-moon thing for the goddess Lilith. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Just bringing some of my background knowledge in there. Um, I... I quite like the fact that he's just quietly sat there minding his own business. Yeah. It's, it's a very slam mage kind of thing going on. It doesn't really need to get excited about things. No. Um, which is kind of, I think, the idea that they're going through with the Luminous Realm Wards is that they are very, they're very calm about the way they execute warfare. They're very 
calmly get on with it. No excitement. Very much like the the Swords Masters of Hoeth and the Phoenix Guard, you know, like who were the epitome of Elven military units in one world. Isn't the idea that they a lot of their emotion is siphoned off into the realm stone? Yeah, Yeah. and they they embrace that. Yeah. So you know they they're becoming more and more kind of perfect as they would see it. You know, or refined, less noise clutter. They're very zen-like. They're getting rid of the unwanted emotion, so that you know they end up with what they do want, which is logic. Vulcan almost. In fact, I hadn't thought about that. They are effectively, they're effectively Age of Sigma Vulcans with bows. Oh, well, there we go. So, I wonder if you get some of the Vulcan executioners from, um, um, oh, when Spock gets found again, they find him and they take him to the. Is it that one or where he has to go back to, to meet his wife? And there's the Vulcan executioners there, like the big, massive Vulcans with the huge oh, yeah. side things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, I think that's the episode where he, the, is it the Kalnami where they they get like massively aggressively want to mate, and they have they, they you know they will travel the length of the galaxy to do it. The Ponfar. Uh, Ponfar, that's it. Yeah, and then he ends up fighting Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> And then the executioners are there with their big, massive blades. Yeah, just have a couple of those for Lumineth Realm Lords. That's the one thing when we are missing. Swordsmasters. Like, mm. that'd be awesome. I would like to see Swordmasters. Or Martial Arts Masters. Not necessarily Swordsmasters, but some... be quite cool to have maybe Naginata sort of weapons. So half-bladed spears or... Um, because they were quite, they were really cool models in the Warcry band, the the Realm of Light ones, with the kind of martial arts poses. Um, that it, it describes them as having learnt in the cities of the Realm of Light. Um, so, it, it, oh, the Zinchen guys, yeah, 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 they were cool. So it'd be quite cool to see those, well, that, those those kind of martial arts schools reflected into some. Specialist units, because that's the kind of thing we're missing at the moment. Haven't we? we've got a couple of nice. Mind you, we don't know how filthy those spearmen are. They could be like the equivalent of an orc brute, for all we know. <laughs> yeah, they could be Spartans. Yeah, in fact, they look like Spartans. So why not? They do. Yeah. So why not? Um... Well, we're on the subject of elves, of course. There's a the Warcry Warband for Marcus to yeah. get excited about. Oh, they are superb. They're lovely, aren't they? They really, really are. nice. Yeah, absolutely love them. And uh, of course, the Warcry Warband for the Oryx. We've got a new Brute Warband. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about. They're nice as well, aren't they? They're really, really nice. Um, I love the Brute models anyway. But yeah, to have another kind of sort of purpose sculpted unit to add into an army that would be great. Um, so I'm, I think I enjoyed the Nurgle ones too, actually. They're the kind of nice little collection of models as well. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you make of the new um, Seraphon terrain piece? Really like it. It's big. Yeah, I really, really like it. Yeah, um, it's cool. 
I think it's I think it's one of those pieces of track. When you look at some of the other things and you think, oh, that's really specific, like like the 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 ogres one was really mm. specific. Um, all the gloom spike gets really spe- really specific. Whereas I feel with this, you could quite happily pop that on a battlefield, and that's you know would look all right. Would look it would look just like a piece of ser- ter- terrain if you weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially alongside that. the um, like the Sigmarite Temple stuff. Hmm. Would look really good. Hmm. It is yeah, huge it though. Yeah, it's massive. I've, I I haven't had a copy of the rule, the the Seraphon rule, but but from what I'm sort of getting from the whisperings from people who have, it's a really good army book with where almost every build that there is in there is viable, which is quite cool. Cause I that think is cool. A lot of the other books sometimes some other in there for almost a themed bit, and you never really think, "Oh, I could use that in a tournament." No. Um, whereas this one, I've had a number of people say on Twitter that they've put they've put together like five or six army lists from the various different you know builds in it, and they they think they could all do well. So that's quite interesting, and we see how that balances things out. Because I, I I think the Seraphon for me. I've always felt, even in even in Warhammer, like the odd one out. Yeah. And um, I still think that they do. They're very yeah. different. Yeah. I don't know why either. I don't. I just don't know what it is. They don't. For me, they don't quite fit either. But before hey, I used hey. to put it down to the fact that they were like the other side of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I could accept the fact that they didn't feel like they were in the right place because they weren't. They were from somewhere else, completely different. And I think they've tried to achieve that by saying in this one that they're in like is it spaceships almost? And yeah, then, and then I think they come so. down so that they are not from the mortal realms. They're sort of there from somewhere else. Well, initially they were like almost um, demons of good. The, yeah. the Slan summoned into being, but I I think in the new book they um talks about spawning pools again, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So um, don't have the book. Um, so I need to read it really to know more. Um, I don't. I know Dan messaged me to say the Bastilodon is the most amazing thing in the game, but he didn't sort of expand on that no. particularly. I think I don't think it can be. It can suffer from rend or something. Is part of the reason, but. Yeah, they look cool. I, think cool. I don't really know how you could change it to make them feel more like part, aesthetically part of the mortal realms either. I think no, that that's well. They must. They, I'm sure minds are pondering that or not pondering that, or they're quite happy that they're different because I, I think one of the things about mortal the mortal realms, maybe a little bit more so than 40k, is there is now so much variety in the armies that are available. There, there's there are loads now. Of different armies, that there is one for everybody. You know, I, I would quite confidently be able to say that if somebody had a, an inclination to come into the Age of Sigma, I could sit them down and find something that would that would catch their fancy. Yeah, there's so many options, um, and it gives a. It's just another different option, isn't it? It's, it is yeah. a little bit left field, a little bit out of the park. So it's interesting you should mention that because I have been trying and failing 
to put my mind to a- another Age of Sigmar army to do because I just always do corn. <clears throat> We've had and this I... conversation so many times. I know, I know. But I thought we'd have it on the podcast. Just how they're just nothing's. Oh, I just like corn. The problem is now that there is still so much choice, even within the corn army, for me to carry on and do that. I want to add, but then I just keep feeling like it would be good for variety to have another army. Well, I think you're right. You could always like alternate between the new army and corn, and you'd still be adding stuff to your corn army, and you would have that variety. Um, but then it's which one to do, isn't it? Do none of them, none of, really, none of them catch your fancy? Well, they all do. That's the problem. Oh, I right. could happily do anything. It's not, it's not the other way around. So, for example, the Luminaire, really excited by them, really excited. Um, by the idea of another alpha because obviously I had high elves mm. that was my my main fantasy army um and I can I I kind of got this idea that I could do them but do more of a blue color scheme so like rather than having the creamy off white color yeah. have have the blue from my original army I thought that would look pretty cool but then I think <coughs> I think I think Chris would like to pick them up. Um, and I, I'd love it if he, I know, I know you'd like to pick them up, but it would be great if Chris picked them up and actually did an Age of Sigmar army. So I kind of, I don't want to both be doing that really. Um, fire slayers keep catching my fancy. Yeah. Cause they are just cool. Uh, but it's a lot of skin. But then again, skin's not such an issue now with contrast, is it? Well, potentially no. Um, yeah, potentially not. Not if you used it right. Caradron Overlords I love, but there's so much going on on the models. I just think they take forever to paint. So anyway, yeah, there's loads. I could quite oh. happily do any of them. Zinch, I love the idea of the Destiny dice for Zinch. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a great little mechanic, actually. I, Nurgle I enjoy playing would fit really them. nicely alongside my corn. I like Slaves to Darkness, but I can't at the moment. They need, they need, they could do with doing a multi-part version of the stuff that they've just done in the start collecting. Why? Well, because otherwise it's just get a bit repetitive. Yeah, but you don't need that many of them. You can't talk to me about getting a bit repetitive when you've just painted 46 of virtually the same model. No, they're not all the same. And okay, at paint... this point, I cannot defend my position. Let's move on. <laughs> 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 you can always get one of the, the older Slaves to Darkness. I don't know if they still sell them, like the older Chaos Warriors. No, they're not, they're not as good. Not really interested by Slanesh. That's good. That's on the list of like not really interested, which is good. I could I could paint anything that someone put in front of me. I think would be uh, uh, if it was me, I would be looking at my collection and thinking, what have I got that I could sort of use as a core core thing to uh, you know add, uh, to add on to 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 get an army. More corn then. <laughs> no. 
Stormcast. You've got a Stormcast, haven't we? I know. That's what I mean. So I could, I could go back and and jazz that up, yeah, and use that as a core, and then add all the new type units to it, yeah, and then just run around shouting only the faithful and yep, pretending to throw lightning bolts because you you do need. Oh, to... you could make you could, could get like some LARP lightning bolts made, like foam ones that I could just like throw at people, That'd and then you miss and knock over the next tables. Models, and, yeah. and I'd be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, that probably wouldn't go down well, would no. it? No, I don't no. think it would. No. No. no, that's a shame. I think Stormcast is a good one because there is there's a lot of variety in Stormcast. Um, surprised we haven't seen the new Stormcast unit in a couple of almost a year now. Mm. Yeah, it's time to press that button. O- open a new. <laughs> Chamber, yeah, yeah. As long as it doesn't have cloaks, because they're harder to paint, and I can't oh, paint yeah. them quickly. Less cloaks, yeah, I know. Yeah, less cloaks, less cloaks, less shoes. Get their shoes no. off. <laughs> no. So that's what. Yeah. So we're in. What I'm really excited about with with Age of Sigma is that they are just constantly churning out the new stuff. They've they've gone through yeah. the whole. There can't be many. Of the pre-existing army books for them left left for them to do anything with now. I don't think there are. I don't think there are any. So, the luminous realm lords will kick off the next new force, and then either they're going to go back to the beginning again, or I don't know what. We were talking about this, weren't we, the other day when we, when when they released that Necromunda schedule? That was that. I thought that was really cool. It didn't. Mm. It didn't flesh details out, but it it kind of, you know, it gave you an idea of what was coming. So in your mind, you could plan for it. Um, yes, I, yeah. I think that would be quite cool to see things like that for Age of Sigma and Forty K. Um, so then we yeah, we'd, we'd have that. some idea of kind of what their release schedule was going to be like. Um, particularly, I think brand new stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But anyway. Right. Well, anyway, that's a bit of rumination over the mortal realms. Very excited. Um, very excited. Lots to lots to think about. Lots to do. Lots of demons to paint. Um, shall we move into the community? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say uh, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about in this that it was the Lumineth realm lords that really got me thinking about that reductive painting style I was talking about. They, they, oh, yeah. It was those that really got the because I have spoken about before how I love that piece of art where it's the elves versus the goblins and they're all kind of mm. bright but they're very mute they're not muted but they've they've there's very small color palette so there's blue gold and white but they're they're very subtle the whole thing is very subtle they're very bright and I had been thinking about ways of doing elves where. You, you sprayed them with white and then you worked back with washes to get, you know, the the effect that you was looking for rather than starting from a darker colour and working up. <clears throat> um, using things like the contrast paints, that kind of stuff, um, to, to build up colour and depth. We'll see. I've got a few models to test that theory out on. Um, 
hopefully because because when it comes to space wars taking up like a lot of my mental baggage for painting my elf box is bigger (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot bigger i was just thinking that um (laughs) there's a lot to paint anyway so let's move on to the community fella off we go community. Hello guys, um, on to the community section. A uh, little bit of an odd one uh, tonight. We were looking at what events etc to shout out and I'm sure many are still planned but obviously with the things that cannot have escaped your notice going on at the moment in the world um, such as Adepticon being cancelled um, and the likelihood of other other gatherings going a similar way. Um, it was difficult to think about exactly what to discuss, wasn't it, dude? Yeah, it was. Um, I'm just going through some of the local stores, and a lot of events have already been cancelled or postponed, should I say? Um, Adepticon's a big one to close, um, and I just imagine I, w- I would be very surprised if Warhammer Fest doesn't get cancelled because um, it will be in that kind of period of time, but. We were, going to, we were going to talk a little bit about um, sort of the impact this kind of stuff is going to is going to have on the hobby because a lot of these big conventions, um, whether it's wargaming conventions like Warhammer Fest or um, Adepticon, that kind of stuff, or you know, there's the big GTs, you know, the um, international events, ITC events are going to go on, go on in mainland Europe. I should imagine they're going to get cancelled. Um, and, you know, and other events too, like Comic Con, that a lot of companies rely on. Um, to, yeah. to, and they will, they will literally spend the whole year planning for these kind of things. And I suppose what we wanted to do is we were just talking about how hard it must be for those guys is, um, it, is to try and encourage people really to, to go online on the day that you would have gone to Adepticon or wherever and, um, and have a look at these, a look at the companies that would have been there. Um, and look through their websites, see if there's anything that takes your fancy. Um, you know, watch videos by them. You know, get, get you treat it almost as like a digital Adepticon because the, the, the companies do sometimes entirely rely on these events to bring more customers in, advertise their products. Um, and you know, sometimes, particularly in, in the wargaming industry, you know, playing the game. Having a, a demo game or seeing the miniatures can be the difference. It can be like an absolute deal breaker or deal maker. Um, yeah. So, I think it would be worth the time well spent if, on the day that you were going to do one of those things, you know, even if you weren't planning to, we, you know, make a concerted <laughs> effort to go onto, like I said, the company websites for all the people that were going to attend. Um, have a look at what was going, you know, what you know, what they do. Um, and you know, it's not for me to say to encourage people to put their hand in their pocket. But if something takes your fancy, then you know, support those companies because you know the grim reality of this is, um, you know, we may lose some of them if we don't, and that would be tragic. That would really be heartbreaking. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so at the moment, Salute is still planned to go ahead uh, uh, with their latest update today. Um, however, with it being four weeks away, it's it's possible that by then such things will be will be off the table, isn't it? And the estimated peak is four to six weeks from today, or four to six weeks yeah. from this week. Um, in the UK, it's going to be different for you know wherever you are in the world, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was cancelled. Um, they may not have a choice, to be perfectly frank. Um, you know, might might come from cent- central government. Um, you know, putting a cap on events. Yeah, and I think I mean, hopefully, hopefully it's not necessary to say this, but we'll put it out anyway. It's obviously. Um, <coughs> Hearts and minds go out to those people who are even more affected the, than we are, because there's a lot of that going on. But also, just be sensible and look after yourselves, guys, because it's only a game, and, and uh, it, it ain't worth if you, you know, if you've got some of the symptoms and stuff. Don't struggle yourself down to the local game store because you've got to play that game. Um, it's really not not a good idea um, to do such a thing. Just remember it. Hopefully it will pass and we can all start playing games again. Um, if not, I don't think there's a better hobby for being quarantined in your own room. <laughs> yes, yes. Entire communities are turning to war gamers to know what to do. <laughs> yeah. I think I could probably be quarantined for the best part of the next 48 months and still, <laughs> and yeah, still have stuff absolutely. left to do. Yeah. The good news is, of course, you can still share your awesome hobby on the two-piece hobby group, and many people have, yeah, um, and on Instagram and um, and Twitter, etc. So, have you got some some shout-outs for? Um, I, I've got one particularly because, um, well, two. I've got two. So the first one is I've already spoken to a, a, a lot about is the Grim Grimdark Compendium. Um, it's a website and it. It has free content and not free content, but actually the not free content is isn't unreasonable um, per video. I think the cost is something around sort of six quid for for an ed, for a full tutorial on how to do a miniature. Um, but you know, a lot of content is free, and if you are a painter with any any degree of imagination, you could extrapolate from one to create the other. So, for example, if you look, if you go onto the Grimdark Compendium, I was looking at the Black Legion stuff, um, and you would have to pay for the Abaddon tutorial, um, but you you would be able to get the the Black Legion Trooper tutorial for free, and it, it doesn't take a huge leap of you know understanding to go from one to the other, really. Um, no. if you, if you down with the techniques. So that, that's, um, it's, it's a good website. Lot, lots and lots of content on there. Um, and I'm, what I've been watching is, 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 is the Grimdark Compendium, um, sort of basics series. So he's done three now. Um, uh, the most recent one was laying down the sort of base coats and, um, first three or four washes on a Death Guard model, which, um, I thought it looked bloody ace by the time you finished with it, to be perfectly honest. It's exactly what I'm looking for for my chaos. Um, and it's, it's a whole bunch of new products and techniques that I'm, you know, and that's what I love doing. I love sort of looking at something and going, well, my style is 
probably more towards the Games Workshop style than it is towards the Grimdark style. But I do do armies in the in a very Grimdark way sometimes. So um, I, I like doing things all differently. Love weathering. Love making things look gritty and realistic. Um, so trying something new with a whole new different set of products, um, I, I'm actually finding really exciting to learn and watching that. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about is um, House Chaos Games, which we we have a well, they're close friends of mine, and we've talked about them a lot before. But um, they've done a couple of things, really cool things recently that I know I haven't talked about. And um, we sort of briefly touched on the scruffy looking Nerf Herders, which is their podcast for associated podcast for Le- um, Star Wars Legion. Um, and that's out on Podbean if you're interested. Um, and it's a great little podcast on, on Star Wars Legion. Um, but they ran their first event recently and, um, they did it at the Bobman Gaming Club, which is sort of quasi associated with the House of Chaos Games. And, um, it looked absolutely fab. I couldn't go. Um, I don't have a Star Wars Legion army to play in because I, I, I don't want to open that Pandora's box, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but um, the photographs that they put up, it, 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 they have made a massive effort with the scenery. So there was 8080s, there was a Hoth board, there was, I, I know at least two of them were 3D printing like for weeks beforehand to get loads of t- terrain up. Um, and they managed to basically put on a good sized event um uh with really good with really good scenery it, it just looked ace really and i've just spoken to at least four people who went to it and had an absolutely fantastic time um so it's partly to congratulate them for that because putting on a first event is always nerve-wracking um and it was the first event for bob and gaming club and it was the first event for the scruffy looking scruffy looking nerf holders um and it, it's an it's it's a really good stepping stone for building a community for that game in, in this area. So, I mean, there's a now a really good, strong Legion community in this area. And I have to be honest, it, it's probably got a significant amount to do with the efforts that those chaps are putting in. Um, even if it's just 20%, I think that's, that's ace and that's community building. And it's, it's awesome to see. Um, so I just, I'm really proud of them. Um, and I'm really excited to see, you know, what other stuff comes out of that. Um, the other, the other one is that, is that they have a, a, a YouTube channel and, um, Ross, who's one of the chaps who comes to painting night, um, routinely puts up two kind of videos. So, um, sort of painting techniques videos that he does, particularly scenery. Um, and he's quite good, not quite good. He's very good at making scenery out of crap, basically. <laughs> <laughs> just he can create um an a a board out of trash that's lying around at his workplace you know and it looks ace he's done a hoth board and he's done videos on all the pieces of scenery for that hoth board for, for the legion event which is most recent stuff but he's done um videos on how he's painted and assembled all of the scenery from conquest magazine um and he's done loads of videos on how to make you know, um, Outlands, which is the game that House of Chaos Games developed, um, Outlands train out of, you know, a toilet roll, a bit of sticky back plastic and a paper clip or something, you know. Um, 
toilet rolls quite rare at the moment, though. Yeah, you can get it on eBay for about thirty quid for a pack of six. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I I think everyone is well aware of my feelings about eBay scalpers. They can. There's a special place reserved in one of the levels of Dante's Inferno for them. Um, <laughs> so I will move on from that. But yeah, so um, House of Chaos Games, they're on YouTube. Um, they're on various different places. They've got a, a, a group on Facebook um, that's quite thriving. Um, but particularly just wanted to, to point out that their YouTube stuff is very, very good. Um, and I think they deserve a little bit of... Um, a little bit more interest on that. And the other thing that Ross does videos for is is, um, is battle reports. And um, they're quite, they're, they're good. And he, he's constantly trying to make them better, which is always, I think, sometimes, you know, some some places can sort of rest on the laurels or, you know, not, not try and listen to feedback. And But Ross is always trying to make things better with those. So I think they have improved a lot, um, and they're going to keep getting better. Um, so there you go. Yeah, that's my shout-outs. So not painting shout Well, one painting shout-out and one hobby local local hobby shout-out. I've also heard rumours, talking about community, that there's going to be a, a new... There's a Kickstarter being proposed for a new gaming store in Newton Abbott. Oh, right. Um, to not replace Terra Games. I was very sad to see them go, um, but you know, the ne- a new store. So if you live in the Newton Abbott area, um, might be worth sort of scouting around to find that. And we'll put, put a link up. <clears throat> oh, I think I'll pop a link up on our Facebook page uh, in, a, in the show notes so if people are interested for that. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um. Cool. Well, I. I mean, it's. It, always forced me to, to talk about the two-piece hobby group um nice to see people still still doing bits and bobs on there so thank you for that quite a range of things um have appeared on there recently so one thing though that i did think was really cool uh was to see some infinity being done yeah so mike sorry mike if i get this wrong mike kavossi um working on some pano miniatures um these look really cool dude they're great, aren't they? Nice colour scheme, really sort of catching. Yeah, and I like I like the bases as well. Really nice. They're white and blue. I actually really like his towel in the background as well. <laughs> yeah, I did notice them. <laughs> they're, they're very nice. Um, they're very nice, and so that's cool. And it's a game that I read the rules for once back when it first came out. So they're quite different now. I think they're on their third edition now, mm. um, but not something I've really. Explored, but the mo- mo- the models look very cool. Um, I I quite like Infinity because its its profile is different from Games Workshop. So one of the things yes. that really frustrates me is when companies are trying to claim that they've got a new thing, that they're you know, a new company, new fresh models, and actually they're just copies of Games Workshop models or alternative sculpts for Games Workshop models, or in fact a game system that may as well be like a clone of games workshops with a couple of tweaks um but infinity is one of those games where immediately when you see the models they're very distinctively infinity models they're they're very different um war machine is another one um you, you can't mistake it and I, and I really like that about infinity mm, definitely um <clears throat> there's also a bit of aeronautica 
So um, it's nice to see that because you don't see loads of it. Um, it's a Thunderbolt by Chris Spurgeon. Yeah, I thought it was nice. Uh, and he's painted at the base as well, so that's really nice. I think Ermin and Aaron over my, I need to just crack on and do my Thunderbolts for you. I'll get them very soon. Maybe I'll do them for the competition. Um, so that's very nice. Uh, Rich Nutter, as ever, has just been rolling out the amazing stuff. So there's a couple of Orcs. Oryx, have you seen those? His yellow ones. Yeah. yeah. They're lovely. And, and this needed particular mention, um, Garant has painted a Spear of the Emperor. Yeah. Which had to be mentioned because I've not long finished listening to the rather awesome book. Um, if you've not listened to it... It's hard to talk about it without giving it away, isn't it? Yeah, I was just going to say, if you've not listened to it... Or read it, Dan. Most people read books. Or read it. No, I don't know if that's true anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, well, maybe not. I might be wrong. So, it's a um, blinder. It's really, really, really good. It's really good. So do go and listen to that. Read it. Whichever you choose. No judgment. No judgment. On how you choose to uh, intake your book. Yes. <laughs> I can't even talk. You can tell I just listen to the bell. Um, so yeah, some really cool stuff. And Chris, uh, this is narrative Chris, um, Chris Goff, he has started picking up confrontation miniatures. So I said to him the other day, not content with the ridiculous amount of stuff that is currently coming out that we want to get involved in. He then writes his own games. And as if that wasn't enough, he's now buying up games that don't even exist anymore. Mm. So it's mental. Um, they're not cheap they either. They are. No, no. Some cool models. Uh, I look forward to to going around and, and playing some games at some point um, to see these. Confrontation was one of those things that was like on the edge of my, the periphery of my sort of knowledge when it was around. Yeah, um, they did a really good job of pushing, or not a really good job, I think they were fundamental in in pushing non-metal metallics in painting styles. Uh, so it, it's, an, it's a great company, interesting rule set. Um, it's a shame they went, really. I think. I think. Um, and, and what I have heard is that this almost should be in the wilds, which is why I paused then. But um, I, I've heard basically that the cool mini or not Kickstarter to get it restarted is 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 not going to go ahead. Um, won't, won't get finished, which is gutting um, for a lot of people, but. So yeah, there's some some great stuff um, on there. So thank you for that. So this month um, and next month's competition only because you took such a long time putting the post up. Yeah, you know what you could do rather than write, spending time writing messages to me saying do the competition. Any thoughts? Any thoughts? No, I just thought it'd be nice for you to post something on the internet, like occasionally. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, now we've all got bored listening to your bitching. Um, <laughs> Comrades in Arms is the uh, is the title of this segment's um, painting competition. Uh, so anything with more than two models in a unit or a squadron or whatever you call it. So any scale. Um, so somebody has asked about whether it, that could include Night, uh, sorry, Titan Maniples, hell yes, was my answer. Of course it can. 
um, squadrons of aircraft, units of dudes, anything like you can think of. Um, please do. <clears throat> Even say Gaskell, Thracker, and and, and Makari, Makari would be two yeah. dudes. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. Uh, or the um, um... Ragnar Blackman and his ponytail. <laughs> It's a top knot, you know. <laughs> um, Valerian and Alea, they would be another two. Yeah, they would be two. Or 30 blood letters. Or 30 blood letters. Yeah, anything like that. So, lots of choice. Have at it. We look forward to seeing them. Yeah, while we're on it, talking about community, um, one more uh, shout out. Ben and I have said a number of times, we've spoken about it a few times about deciding where you buy your miniatures spend your money um we try and do that across a range of different places um and support the places that kind of give us what we want from our hobby so if i need a good hobby chat i will pop up to uh games workshop whether it be cribs or the central store and invariably try and spend a bit of money with them um and if you play and game at your local gaming store make sure you spend a bit of money with them um but for us if you are looking online and looking for a really good price um you will not do any better uh than simon fsvg um he just service wise absolutely fantastic really really good great friendly guy um working at around 25 percent off and he does it mostly driven by trying to help help the community really doesn't he yeah um so if uh you know he's he's around and about on our hobby page uh, all the time, um, and also through greetings from the warp. Is that right? Yeah, yeah greetings from the warp. So if you're uh, if you're looking for just getting the best price you can, please just check him out. But like we say, and he will agree with this as well. Really important support the places where you that give you what you need for your hobby at this time really important yeah your your local stories will not survive if you don't if you don't put money in them that's the that is the bottom line absolutely and it's a lot of work and to run these things so they they don't always survive we've seen examples of that enough over the last couple of years um so please don't, don't be complacent absolutely right and with that, let's go into the wilds. Hi guys, and welcome to the wilds. Um, the wilds of Middle-earth. Mixture of the two. Because we're doing it every month now, we're going to just sort of throw everything into a pot and see what comes out. A um, few things to talk about. Um, do you want to start with the um, Middle-earth stuff, Dan, or do you want to do the other things? Look, Crabine from Dunland. <laughs> Middle-earth it is. So, yeah, we've got a few got a few things coming out, like new things um, and some old things. So, Crabine, the, well, they're, they're basically ravens or crows, aren't they? Yeah. I think they're crows because ravens are good, good animals and crows are bad. Yeah. If I remember right from Lord of the Rings, so the the crows um, on trees or using trees to sort of rep, you know hold them up. I think they look really good. Yeah, I do. I think they look really good too. Much better than 
sort of having them on flying bases or something like that, or those old kind of bat swarm sort of things that you used to get. I think they, these look... Um, and what I quite like about it is at first glance, they almost look like they're part of the tree. Yes, they do. Well, you thought they were new trees. Yeah. <laughs> um, which kind of fits with the idea that they are the spies of Sa- of Saruman. Yeah. Um, so I think that works quite well. And um, and then effectively, they're a little extra thing to go into the Dunland stuff that we saw like not, not so long ago. Um, I wonder where they're going to go next now they've done sort of Rohan at War and Dunland and that bit. When we've done Gondor. I wonder if they'll go down into the east, like like down into the yeah. like Haradrim. And... It's either going to be that or one of the elven nations, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what I'm thinking. Sort of Lothlorien or something like that, or Rivendell, or maybe, or maybe one that covers both. Or dwarves. Or dwarves, yeah. Or dwarves. Yeah. I love dwarves. <laughs> no, you do. It's dwarves that go swimming. With little, with little hairy, hairy women. women. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we've also got Keeper of the Dungeons. He had a model before. He's got another one now. I don't recognise him, Dan. Yeah, he. Where is he from? The Hobbit. Yeah, he's in the Hobbit. Yeah, he's from the Hobbit. Oh, that's why. Because I've only watched the Hobbit once. Um, because I can't bring my, I couldn't bring myself to buy it after the travesty was the third, second and third <laughs> one. So, um, but they're on they're on Google at the moment for forty quid for all six um, extended editions. So, uh, are they really? Ooh. Yeah, I might do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't recognise him. But he looks horrid. Yeah, he looks like he could it's, smash your face in front of that short It's order. a very good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very good likeness of the model of the of the of the. Mo- when you see him in the film, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." It's it's good. It's, it's well, one of the things that I think Lord of the Rings have always done well, Lord of the Rings miniatures, and you know, especially when you think that the. Or nowadays, lots of things are sculpted digitally. But when when the Perry twins first sculpted things, they weren't sculpted digitally, and they still managed to get the faces so distinctively the characters from the films. It's it's quite remarkable, really. Yes, it was. Um, okay, so there's him. Well, they're the two new things to so the Crabane and the uh, the Keeper of the Dungeons. That is a, a horrid looking thing. That is an evil character. Um, a new book as well. I quite like these when they were in the original Lord of the Rings releases. So the best of White Dwarf. Yeah. Um, so very, almost what you know. What I suppose in some ways the the General's Handbook and the um, it's like the uh, annual, the, like the Blood Bowl annual, the, really. Yeah, and, and the forty k one. What was that called? Chapter approved. Chapter approved. Yeah, very much like that. And it's, it's they brought it together in a hard. Book so the the best of White Dwarf up to now. I'm really pleased they've done that actually because they've released a, an awful lot of content in the White Dwarf yep, yep. over the last two years, and it. I was starting to be like, where did I read that? Where did I see that? Yeah, I think um, these so books nice. are really important because um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with releasing content in White Dwarf. In fact, I love it. Um, it makes White Dwarf interesting and exciting. Um, 
but I don't want to be carrying around loads of white dwarfs or rifling through white dwarfs to try and work out where a rule was. Particularly yeah. when at the moment, well, even more so than ever now, for every game system you're interested in, there is constantly content being released, much more than you could possibly play at any one time. So you're likely to have a game that you would term as your active game. Um, while the others sit on the while back the other sit on the back burner, and it, and it's important that you know when you when those become your active game. It's like for me, I you know I'm not really I don't really have an active game as such at the moment because I haven't played for a while. But things like Titanicus and Aeronautica, Blood Bowl, Lord of the Rings, they're all games that I could conceivably at some point get excited about and decide up right that's what I'm doing for a year. But it will put me off if I can't put my hands on the stuff that I need. So I'm yeah. I'm gra- I'm buying all the books for them, um, so that I'm ready for when I when I do want to do them. Yeah. So yeah, I think these things are really important. So it's great to see that, and that will be that will be another book on my list. Yeah. Yeah. So that again, that's another. What's that now? Three. From, for, that have come out. Well, you've so, got the new Titanicus book, um, House of Blades, uh, and this one, just into what we talked about today. I've made a decision at this point not to get the house books for the for Necromunda. It, really? Yeah, because it's like six more books. Four. Oh, well, yeah, it's six overall, yeah. yeah. Four this year, there. Yeah. 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 Um, so... Otherwise, it, there's a whole bunch of old stuff on back on mail to order. So, we, uh, made to mail to order, made, made to order. Um, we've tried to work out what they are. Um, I said an unarmored on a horse, which I think has got limited use. Yeah, but it's um, about collecting. In the game, but it is cool for like narrative parts. Yeah, exactly. Um, we think it's gambling on a horse. Yeah. But we're not sure. It's a cool model, though. Um, the next one I absolutely love is Legolas firing his bow from horseback. And it's probably the mo- one I'm most likely to pick up out of these these made-to-orders. Um, then there's the Urukai with the battering ram. Um, which, if you're ever going to do um, Helm's Deep kind of a scenario, is a, is a probably a worthwhile picking up. Then an Ent. <clears throat> That's Quick Beam. Yeah, now... I like the Plastic Ents a lot. But it, it always... I've, I do think that it would be nicer if there was a few more others out there to add a bit of variety if you wanted to do an Ent army. Yes. Is my feeling. Otherwise you could end up getting a bit samey. Mm. Um so it's nice to see him out. But then one of my favourite models of all time, which is Gimli sat on the Urukai with an axe on his head, which is just amazing. Uh, great great scene from the film too. Um, and then finally to, to the two elves, two Lothlorien elves, the ones with swords and the ones with bows. And these bug me so much because they're such nice models. And you just, de- I just desperately want to do them to get those ones with the swordsman running forward. <clears throat> I just love that bit from the film when the the Urukai break through the wall, and the swordsman charge them, 
Um, and that is, it's that moment that's being modeled there. But I just cannot justify the, the price to get an army of them. You know, even six of them and six archers, even if you had 10 of them and 10 archers, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I, I, I always, when they were out last time, it's nice to see them out again because they've already done a mail to order, made mail to order, made to order once with them, haven't they? Um, I agonized over whether I was going to get them last time. And I decided not to. And I think I'll probably end up deciding not to again, but they are nice models. Those swordsmen running forward are just wonderful. So that's Lord of the Rings. Um, otherwise, from the wider world, we've got uh, a new game from Warlord Games, haven't we, Dan? Yes. That I'm surprised you're not standing on a <laughs> with a tricorn and a. <laughs> and a well, it's funny because I got really excited about. Um, The Napoleonic one, yeah. Uh, As I often do, get really excited. But I don't know what it was in the end, but I didn't... Probably because of the backlog of other stuff I've got to do, I expect. But it just... It didn't... When I looked at it, it looked like the models needed a lot more work than I was expecting. Um, And actually, there's... um, Blood, is it Blood and Plunder, or is that their other game? Oak and Iron, which is being made by um, Firelock Games, who make Blood yeah. and Plunder. And that looks a lot more like you. the models are a lot quicker to get done. Yeah. Um, so... Mind you, you could get really bogged down with Napoleonic ships. Yeah. You could end up wanting to put all the rigging on. And oh, I remember and part of the thing I wasn't too keen on is the rat lines were like done on like perspex, um, which I thought was a bit weird. But anyway, I didn't end up getting it. That's why I didn't get so excited because I kind of think I often get very excited and then nothing comes of it. So I thought, well, I'll just I'll just hold on to my excitement. But I am very excited by it. It does look really, really cool. Um, so it's called Victory at Sea. Victory at Sea, and the first the box set is um, Battle of Pacific. So it's some um, U.S. Navy and Imperial Japanese Navy. Um, mm. But what's very cool is if you go and look around at some of the other pictures of the other things you get, the little fighter wings look really ace um, on little flying stands, and you know you could get a sea mat quite conceivably, um, and because of the scale of the ships as well. You know, it it will look really cool because you'll have a six by four tape. Because in this, you know, World War Two naval warfare, literally lobbing shells miles at each other at times. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it it does it does look very good. Um, I think the thing I'm I am surprised about one of the choices they've made with it, which is to model the ships on a sea base. Yeah. So initially, I was surprised well i don't know if i was surprised i think i think that's a good choice um because it gives it some presence and it gives you somewhere to put the name um of the ship as well Mm. which you do see quite often in if you go to a gaming show game show and, and you happen to come across that sort of game naval warfare game often the bait the model's are done in such a way that they're on a little sea base and then they've got the name of the model of, of the ship. Because actually, visually, 
everything looks so similar, especially yes. at that scale. Yes. Um, and you do need that presence to make it pop out a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose it gives you a little bit of three dimensions around the ship as well. When it, you know the the rough the rough sea or what have you. Of course, the key thing is yeah. that there's going to be an aircraft carrier called the USS Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, which could be brilliant. It actually looks like not only is the it, does it give you a name for the the ship, but the name it looks like the name of the ship is modelled onto the base. Does it? Yeah, that's interesting. Looking at the photographs, um. I think I would be inclined in some of them to take the base back a little bit, so file it back so it was a little bit lower profile. Yes, the profile but, um, is very big on there. But yeah, so like th- th- this one clearly has it modelled on the side Megami 1939. So yeah, I, I reckon that they are modelled onto the side. So but I think it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, so you get... Um, it's £50 for the starter set, um, and you get um, 15 ships in there, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you get nine sort of smaller frigates, or destroyers, sorry, and then some other named ones. So there's three um, United States battleships, two. No, is it three? It might be three, actually. Three Japanese ships. There's a deal on at the moment because if you pre order it, because it's on pre order, you get um, like a transport ship as well, a little free little transport ship. It does come with a sea mat um, in there as well. I'm not sure how... A proper mat or a vinyl mat or a paper mat? It's a paper mat. Okay. It's A0, yeah. so... Big. Quite large, yeah. But then they also do individual ships, so similar way that they did um, the Trafalgar game. So you get Biz, you can get Bismarck, you can get Yamato... Yamuto, um, you can get HMS Warspite. So they're they're gradually coming out with they'll gradually come out with those presumably. Um, those are fifteen pounds. They also have the the naval fleets as well, which you can get separately. So you can get the US Navy fleet box, um, which is pretty sweet. That's where you get to start to see your aircraft carriers. Well, it's interesting when you when you, that period that period of history, you, there is a finite number of that kind of stuff that you know, especially like the period of Battle of Midway kind of time. There, there wasn't, I think, there was only three aircraft American aircraft carriers in service. Of course, just to get towards the end of the war, they were making one a month, so <laughs> quite a lot more, but. You know, you you could do the Pacific Fleet for the Americans and and actually have a finite endpoint to it. Well, the you know the certainly collect the fleet for a specific engagement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, quite quite nicely. Yep. The Battle of the Bismarck would be one hell of a game. <laughs> yes, it would. Royal Navy Fleet. Who do you get in the Royal Navy Fleet? Let's have a look. HMS Eagle, HMS Duke of York, HMS Neptune, HMS Belfast. You get the hood? No. Flights of Swordfish. Unfortunately, and I presume this is because the game is going on pre-order and therefore quite new, um, they don't have painted examples of all of the contents, particularly the the, the aircraft. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. Have they done the aircraft in a symbolic scale, or have they done them to scale with the ships? Symbolic, because if they did them mm. to scale with the ships, they'd just be a pinhead. 
I have a cat that's come to say hello. Hello, monkey. But in a way, that's quite nice, because if you imagine you were looking down and you were thinking about perspective, the planes would be closer to you. Yes, yeah, I agree, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, I enjoyed looking through the, um, you know, the range they've released, and it's quite nice to see that they've done, they've released so much at once. If you know what I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah, um, they've they've held back enough that there's a lot there. There's enough there to catch the interest, or or um, or rather, give you something to get your teeth into for almost any um, force you wish to do. So it's cool. Yeah, really cool. So the next thing I was going to, unless you've got something else to add to Victory Suit, the next thing I wanted to talk about is um, the next little uh, release from Modifius. Um, so there's a couple of cool little boxes that I'm um, quite excited about, actually. You have to be in, I suppose, into the game, is, is into the computer game to understand why these are cited. Um, but so the first one is the Unusual Allies, which includes some really cool characters from um, from the actual games. Um, is this so Fallout? you've got John Hancock. Yeah, Fallout. Yeah, so yeah, sorry, I didn't say that. So this is for Modifius' Fallout game. So you've got um, a group called the Unusual Allies, which has got a, a mutant in um, who... Um, It's called Strong, who's from the game. You've got a uh, chap called John Hancock, who is a ghoul. The ghouls are um, people who have been affected by radiation, and they're kind of they're still alive, still human, and they're surviving with horrific radiation burning in, in, injuries. So they're sort of half human, and they're neglected by society. And in the game, I, I always felt really sorry for them, helped them where I could. Um, there were there's a subgroup called feral ghouls where they're basically just sort of zombies, but um, the, the ghouls were an interesting little dynamic in the game. I really like this guy because he dresses like a pirate. <laughs> He's got like a tricorn hat and a long cloak. Um, That's a good reason just... to like someone. Then there's the other guy in there is um, Nick Valentine, who is um, is a synth. Which is a, like, from the most recent one, Fallout Four, is a synthetic human. Then there's a, a cool set called the Vault Personnel, which I I really like because the vaults are places where people sort of uh, well they hid out uh, during the apocalypse, and a lot of the games you start off as a vault dweller or somebody who has either recently or in the past come out of a vault. Um, all the vaults were effectively experiments. There was only like a handful of them, which where they were just did what they were supposed to, which was keep people alive. A lot of the others, they they ran experiments. While you know the company that built them were using them as like laboratories to run run experiments. Very corporate kind of, um, very grimdark in some ways. Um, if you imagine being stuck in a vault for generations, and, and the whole point of the vault was to work out what would happen if you played high intense, high frequency noise all the time every day for ten years, and see, that kind of research—that that's what they were doing. Um, they're cool because you've got like the security guards and a couple of other people in in vault uniforms, which 
I I think is a really like a great addition to the role playing side of the Fallout games. Yeah. So if you were going to go into a vault, so that's pretty cool. The next one is my absolute favourite of the new sets. It's the T fifty one Power Armor, which is the um, there's three models in there armed with different weapons. So I think it's a flamethrower, uh, looks like a plasma rifle, and a shish kebab, um, which is a like a a powered katana um, or something similar. I can't really see which one it is. But the P- the T fifty one Power Armor was like the peak of Power Armor technology um, before the end of the war. Um, that ended up in the nuclear war. I love those models. I think they look fantastic. I love the T fifty one in the game. It's a really nice looking suit of armor. So a pack of three of them, I'm really excited about. Um, uh, and then the final from the model one is the mysterious stranger, which is a cool little thing. In the game, you can choose the mysterious stranger perk, and it's like a a dude in a um. Dick Tracy kind of private investigator coat with a a little kind of hat, little Trilby hat, and a gun, and he will just randomly appear and help you in the game. Hmm. Um, you never get to talk to him. It's only ever in combat situations. But if you're starting to get picked on a little bit, he'll just come out, like help you, and then go away. And he's called the Mysterious Stranger, and it's called the Mysterious Stranger Perk. Um, so they've released a model of, of him, which I think is wicked. Um, <laughs> Because you know, especially when you're playing the role playing side of it, you know, as a as the DM, it would be a very useful mechanism to get your your players out of a a, a dodgy situation that they've gotten themselves into. For example, um, and then finally, the last thing that they've released is the is a GM screen and um, games master screen and a and a kind of help a GM booklet um, for playing the the, the role playing side of the miniatures game. So I think it's a cracking little release from Defius. And, and as always, and we spoke about this last time, um, their resin models, I'm super impressed with. Um, I'm not, I'm not massively impressed with the plastic ones, um, in the box set, but, um, I can get over that because the resin ones really are very, very nice. The problem is with the resin ones being very, very nice and me becoming increasingly obsessed with Star Trek is that they have a Star Trek range that I've been eyeing up for the last three days as well. (laughs) So, um, mm. (laughs) Um, yes, that might happen. (laughs) Just so I can paint a red coat and, like... Kill him off in the first. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that's uh, I. I can't think of anything else that I've seen from the wild side of the of the miniature gaming um, that's caught my fancy over the last couple of weeks. But um, two good releases from two great companies, though. Very much so. I mean, it's always worth saying, as we've recently said in you know that Star Wars Legion is churning out models now. Um, if you're into Star Wars and you haven't heard of Star Wars Legion and you're into wargaming, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, they're there. They're there. Oh, one last thing that we didn't shout out that I did, I meant to shout out in the community, Dan, is that Duncan Rhodes has um, set up his painting channel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and he's the Star Wars Legion. 
just trying to find my memory for that. He's just done a painting guide on that for the Stormtroopers, which is very good. Oh, that's um, cool. So if you if you like Duncan Rhodes' style of doing videos, um, then he, he's got his new channel, and, and he's doing all sorts of stuff on there um, that will be very useful, you know, whatever game system you're playing. So um, worth a look. Mm. It's very clean and very well produced. Cool. Sounds good. Does that draw episode 52 to a close? I think it does. So as ever, guys, where I are, we are, we are, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, at the Two Piece Podcast. At the Two Piece Podcast. And come and say hi. Have a chat about anything. I was talking about chocolate fudge in a pot that did on good. Twitter the other day. Um, yeah. And as ever, thank you very, very, very much to our patrons, particularly yeah. as we've been intermittent um, of late. But we are we are definitely back to to every four weeks now. So thank you for that. We were looking or thinking about organising a like a patron get together event, but then the virus happened. The world's lost it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we, in the future, that's something we would definitely like to do. Um, I know that might be hard for people; they're all over the world. But so, uh, 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 that's all, folks. And we will see you um, in a month. Yes. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye.